Hello and welcome to According to John. Good to be back, Johnny. It is great to be back. I am excited about this one because we're going to talk about or answer the question, should Christians go to doctors? It's a big deal. It is. I think the, I think the answer to this biblically is pretty easy. This is not one of our hard topics here. No, this is a, a good topic. We, You and I were talking before, <clears throat> one of the issues going way back when you have uh, hyper, we'll call them hyper-spiritual people, right? And they're like, oh, God, or heal me, God, or heal me. I don't need to go to the doctor. And then they die. I've seen that happen. You know, early time of my pastorate, this was a much bigger issue than it is today. Uh, it seems like people would um, come to faith in Jesus, and then they would uh, be told by somebody, if you go to the doctor, you don't have faith. You know, if you go to the hospital and get that operation, you're denying God. You know, Just get up and walk out of the hospital, and, right. and then people have done that. And, and died. died. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so thankful. I haven't run into that in 30 years, right. but I used to run into it from 78 to 88. I'm telling you, on a regular basis. Yeah, I, I think about those religious cults in the South, like Louisiana mm. and you know, deep South. Snake handlers. The snake handlers, <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're, so they play with the snake, they get bit, and they won't take him to the doctor because they're like, no, his faith is being tested. And then he dies. And he's like, he didn't have enough faith. No, Daryl, he had a snake bite. He didn't, have, <laughs> he didn't have enough biblical common sense to stay away from the snake. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, brother, listen, I am your I am your host, John Westfall, my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget. And sir, if you will open us in a word of prayer, that would be fantastic. Let's do it. Let's pray. Father, we we pray that you'll take these next moments, make them valuable, make them biblical. Help us to communicate your word clearly. May hearts receive it warmly, uh, that we would be strong, we'd not be driven about by every wind of doctrine, and we could be better prepared to bring you glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Okay, question is, should, should Christians go to doctors? And you and I were actually talking about this and you were saying, okay, you would have been dead like four times had you not went to the doctor. I would. I had an uh, appendix burst in, uh, probably 15 years ago. It would have killed me without modern medicine. I had a massive staph infection where I had had a surgery repair Achilles tendon. And uh, I was 21 days in the local hospital on antibiotic therapy. Could have, I was near death on, on that one. I've had kidney stones twice where they had to go in and blast. And without that blast, they would have stuck without the stents. I would have got a massive infection, and I would have been dead in three days twice. So I'm very thankful for modern medicine. God gives us common sense. Um, you know, Luke was a physician, traveled with the Apostle Paul. It wasn't a lack of faith on Paul's part. He had yeah. a disease that it seems to be an eye disease. He talked about his eyes often, and a lot of the scholars that I've read think it was an eye disease called ophthalmia, and it took a constant daily care just to kind of, and it was unsightly, and that's probably the reason uh, Luke traveled with him. So it wasn't a lack of faith. And the irony is, at the hand of Paul, God was doing miracles to heal people. Oh, and but yet, wouldn't heal him. It wouldn't heal, didn't heal him. So, and, and of course, of course, his God's answer to Paul because Paul cried out to him. Yeah, three times. Yeah, and God's answer was, "My grace is sufficient." Yeah, no, Paul. No, Paul. Paul, I said. No, my grace is sufficient. Yeah. And so it's kind of, you have to wonder at the human level, you know, Paul's healing these other people. Of course, it's God through Paul. We know that. Right, right. But then he himself. And Couldn't be healed. But he learned from that. 
it all works together for good. He said, I've learned that whatsoever state I am, there with to be content. He said, I've learned that there was a reason God gave me that physical infirmity yeah. to humble me, to yeah. keep me dependent upon him. He said, then he landed on that faith. I love that phrase, landed on faith. And he said, therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, That's in right. my necessities, in my uh, for when I am weak. Well, because he, am I strong? Yeah, because what he realized was his infirmity actually drew him closer to God. Leaning on him. Yeah, he knew he had to have him. Like you said earlier, when Paul said, listen, I know what it is to be poor. I know what it is to be rich. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just to be close to the Lord. Because there's a reason yeah. he allows us to be rich. There's a reason he allows us to be poor. And the reason is always the glory of God and the edification of us. I look back on some of my leanest days in the pastorate. We talked about in an earlier time about faith when you you visited on my podcast, how those early days of faith, we just didn't have the money to, to get through. And yet God, every time right. came through exactly what we needed yeah. and it built our faith. Others were watching. And so infirmities have a purpose. God has a purpose in everything. And also just to throw this out there real quick, uh, if you don't know about uh, Pastor Duke's podcast. Just go on any podcast platform. It's on all of them now, and just put in Pastor Duke and uh, in your search, and his podcast will pop right up. And we were discussing about faith in God and how He's always there. It, it doesn't mean He's going to take you out of the storm. What it does mean is He will guide you through the storm, and that is a, it makes a huge difference. Uh, but I, I wanted to plug in your podcast for you oh, and get people on it, right? And you're doing amazing, so keep going. But what I want to talk about here is to answer the question, should Christians go to doctors? We can sit here and, and, and share all we want, but boy, I'm telling you, Scripture makes this one so clear. And so for those who say, well, if you go to the doctor, you don't have enough faith. Listen, man, I've, I've torn tendons and I've broken bones and I've had some huge physical issues. When I had my motorcycle accident, I had physical issues. If it weren't for going to doctors, man, I, I would I would be struggling horrendously. So uh, doctors are good, and that's what we're going to look at. Now, not all doctors are good doctors, but doctors or physicians are good, and, and we see them throughout Scripture. If we look in Second Chronicles 16, 12, and in the 39th year of his reign, Esau became uh, diseased in his feet. His malady was severe, yet in his disease... He did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. And so we go all the way back into the Old Testament. And what, we, what do we see? Physicians. We also see that people put physicians over God. See, there's the duality. Is that the right, is yeah. that the right word? There's the human side, the, the doctor side, and there's the God side. And everything go to the Lord first. Lord, I just commit the day to you. Uh, keep me safe. Keep me healthy. Your will be done. And then if there's a health issue that comes up, if I have a headache, I don't need to go have a, the elders of the church pray over me for right. a headache. Just take an aspirin. Take you, know. <laughs> you know, a little wine for thy stomach's sake, for thine oft infirmities. God That's is right. the author of medicine. God created plants for a reason. There's so many 
amazing medicinal uh, elements to, right. to plants. I'm learning that. It's kind of one of the things old hippies do as you right. get old. You yeah, usually everyone found the uh, medicinal purposes in marijuana. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> they're like, look, God. It turns made- out there really <laughs> were some. Yeah, right. Yeah, and they're like, well, God made it. It's got to be good for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. I get uh, well, God sting. made uh, poison ivy, but that's not good for yeah, us. You got to be careful. <laughs> I, I love this. Uh, I have somebody out who get stung by a bee or, or uh, something like that, or the what do you call that? Uh, stinging nettles, oh, and yeah. you get you know it really oh, hurts the bee sting, so the stinging nettles. And uh, there's a, a the jewel weed, which grows very prolifically around here, all over the place. I just go grab a handful of jewel weed. I got a couple of places on my property. I just grab it, crush it, and smear it all over uh, my my sting. In minutes, the pain is gone. gone. You'll never know you had it. And I've had some people watching me. They think I'm really a gnarly old guy. <laughs> but <laughs> you, it really works. You are gnar- gnarly, <laughs> it's man. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But uh, God made these plants for a purpose. Right. For, and a lot of them are medicinal. And so it's really a lot of fun to try to figure out that. Because that, that's how our great-grandparents and throughout oh, history. Oh, absolutely. Uh, how people used it. And, it. and now, here's the thing. It's way better than some of the drugs we have today that uh, if you watch commercials and <laughs> You're like, take this. And then by the time you get done listening to the side effects, you're like, I'm better off with the disease. <laughs> and the natural the natural cures don't seem to have um, any of the side effects at all. They have no is, side effects. Which is amazing. So there are many verses that speak to go into what you were just talking about, of using the uh, medical treatments, uh, applying bandages. We see that in Isaiah 1.6. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores, they have not been closed or bound up or soothed with ointment. And so we see management, bandages, bandaging ointment. and ointment, right? Mm-hmm. James 5.14 talks about oil. If any among you are sick, let him call the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And uh, and you're like, well, what oil? Well, in, in Luke 10. Could th- I could stop there just sure. for the word sick? But some people get the idea. I don't know. There's the health and wealth preachers out there. That, oh, yeah. That are heretics. Yep. That are saying, well, if you have a faith in God, you'll never get sick. <laughs> Hello, that is not the teaching of Scripture, and right. they make a lot of right. money on it too. Yeah. So I watched a, a video on Benny Hinn. He's a heretic. He is a false preacher, false. Te- he's a heretic. Became a multimillionaire along the way too. Uh, even his even his uh, nephew talks about what a heretic he is. But at any rate, there's a video out there where he says, uh, "I've never been sick. I've never been sick." And he goes on this whole rant how because he gives to God, he serves God, that he's never been sick. And then there's another video and someone attached the two together where he's like, "Yeah, I've been sick. I always get sick. Everybody gets sick. You can't avoid getting sick." <laughs> What a heretic. All right, at any rate, if you like Benny Hinn, uh, I'm sorry. All right, uh, I'm not sorry for what I said. I'm just sorry that you like Benny Hinn. All right, Luke 10, that's not a winner, is it? <laughs> False teachers. Jesus False, warned of it. Man, you got to call them out. All right, uh, so Luke 10, 34 talks about oil and wine, and it says, so he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Here's what we see. We see oil. So obviously there is an oil that has amazing benefits to it. Cleansing, and then I think the wine is an antiseptic. Exactly. So all this is in the Bible. Yeah. Nothing new under the sun. Nothing new. When we look at Luke, Paul refers to Luke 
in four, uh, Colossians 4.14 as the beloved physician. Mm-hmm. In Luke 10.34, we see where the man takes the, the hurt person, puts oil and wine. wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's so clear through the scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. I The first thing that comes to my mind just about... Um, well, well, before real quick, hold on that thought because I want to, I want to, I missed one here that I got to cover. Scripture first. You talked about putting on your leaves on your sting, right? Ezekiel forty-seven twelve, along the bank of the river, on this side and that, will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither, the fruit will not uh, fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food, and their leaves for medicine. Medicine. Mm-hmm. That whole world is just beginning to open up to, I think, a generation of people. You know, generations have always known this. And then we kind of leaned hard, hard, hard into chemical medicines with lots of side effects. Well, here's why, though. I think the reason that they go to key these <clears throat> chemical medicines is is two reasons. One, and I'm not against all of those. I'm no, no. I'm gonna go look, look, I take I take uh, a pill every day for blood pressure because mm-hmm. if if I didn't, I just uh, want people to know that we're balanced on. Oh this. yeah, yeah. If I didn't listen, my, <laughs> my girls. So I went through a few years where I had blood pressure. I was at stroke level didn't know it and it was making me incredibly irritable and and I just wasn't the nicest guy I ended up having this uh I can't get out of bed um every time I move my head I get real dizzy almost pass out I can't keep a thought together it was horrible I go to the doctors I go to the emergency room they take my blood pressure and the look in their eye was like uh, how's this guy alive my blood pressure was so skyrocketed and they were afraid to touch me. And long story short, I, I go to another doctor. They give me blood pressure medicine. It brings it all down because it was giving me migraines where I couldn't get out of bed. I was in bed for three, four days at a time. It was horrible, but I didn't know what it was. Go to the doctor. They give me blood pressure medicine and I've been on it ever since. And so if I seem to get irritable, the first thing that my daughters do and my wife, uh, dad, you take your meds, <laughs> get your happy pill, dad. <laughs> you got to get you, get that blood pressure down so we can live with you. And so I think that things are good, but where the problem comes in is that they give these pills and antidepressant pills. Do you realize that antidepressant pills will make you depressed? They'll tell you it cause suicidal <laughs> thoughts, so on and so forth. We have to be and, I, and I'm not knocking it. If you need it and it helps you, great. But sometimes I think uh, we won't take the long road on medicine of leaves and stuff like that because we want instant. When we were looking at some of the specifics of, of the topic, and the answer is yes, physicians are in the scriptures. It's, it's a no-brainer. But it's, it really takes us back to why do we need physicians. It goes back to the fall of man. Adam and Eve sinned and death entered uh, because uh, death passed upon all for all sin, and God uses infirmities to ultimately bring about death. There was no disease prior to the fall. Right. There will be no disease when God reestablishes his kingdom. The paradise that was lost in Genesis will be the paradise re- regained. But yes. in the meantime, we do have infirmities. So we see the need. Uh, people were always a you know, primary need of, of people is security and, and health, and it's, it's it's huge. In the Mosaic Law, you have a lot of attention to medicine. Yes, and a lot of that was in the hands of the priest. You see a couple chapters on uh, leprosy. 
specifically leprosy. But then you have several more chapters on dietary laws. That's all preventative right, medicine. Right. You see chapters on how to go potty, how to do proper latrine to keep uh, disease down. So there's a huge amount of preventative medicine in the Mosaic Law. The dietary things, don't eat this, it'll kill you. And uh, it wasn't that God was being mean to his people, but he loved them and he wanted what was best for them. They're living in a fallen world. And, you know, some of the, the remedies in the medicine of, of ancient Egypt, you go back, uh, there's a Dr. Mark Dahan did a book called None of These Diseases. He did the medical realities of Egypt that the Jews were living in the midst of. And they would literally take human feces. Of course, they're praying to the devil in their oh, worship. Yeah. And they were praying for wisdom to somebody that hated them. And they would literally take human feces and mix it into their ointments and rub it into their wounds, thinking it would give healing. And of course, it and all it did was infected it. Terrible infection. Yeah. Because the enemy's job is to get people dead. Right. He's a murderer right. from the beginning. And when people don't have the biblical knowledge and they go out to other spirits and ask wisdom from spirits, you should see the ingredients. It was horrific what, what people believed in what they did. And the Jews were so much healthier than the other pagan groups of people. And it's because they followed the law of a loving God. They practiced preventative medicine. Well, look at uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They, they chose God's diet over man's diet. And they're all looking at them, the king included, going, why do they look so much healthier than me? Yeah. God's ways are above our ways. His heaven is above the earth, even so his ways above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. So this whole medicine thing is really kind of exciting, really. We just started out taking the chemicals that everybody prescribed, and then we started thinking through and started seeing that some of the chemical medications had side effects. Some of the vaccines have heavy metals. We see children fighting things today. We didn't really have autism right. much with the spectrum. Who, who knew about that? Now, now I think it's one out of every 800. Oh, it's, is, it's, the numbers is, uh, just continue to get more and more yeah. on, on the autism spectrum. And then you have earaches. Kids suffer from earaches. I, that was almost unheard of when I was a child. You have uh, asthma uh, like never well, before. Uh, one of the, uh, the other thing, too, when you, when you look at this, if your child has an issue, you take them to the doctor and then all of a sudden they come up with a new phrase so that we can make it sound medical and then put them on pills. Yeah. When, when we were children, I got three vaccinations, smallpox, DTP and, um, polio. Yeah. And now there's over 300 uh, uh, stuff in the, in the vaccine. There's 73 mandatory right now, mm -hmm. 73 uh, for kids. And they're, they're not loaded. totally, they're not totally mandatory, but, but they're loaded with stuff. Yeah. Fetal tissue sometimes, uh, dead babies. It's just right? terrible. What's and it's in like, these why? And, and they don't tell you what's in nope. it. Nope. And there again, I'm, I'm, I'm balanced. I'm not against all immunizations. I just want to know what's in the immunization. Right. I want to know if, if there's mercury in it. I don't want it. Right, I don't right. want it for my grandkids. Of right. course, it's their parents making the decision, not me. But we'd have to be cautious on this topic. Yeah, right? because here's the thing. We're not doctors and we're not physicians and we're not going to tell you to take your medicine or not take your medicine. What we are talking about is the Bible, uh, the, the question that was asked should Christians go to doctors? We are answering that biblically by showing all through Scripture there were physicians. Old and New Testament. Old and New Testament. People went to those physicians. Whether you take your medicine or not take your medicine, listen, that's between you, God, and your doctor. If I say I don't agree with it, 
you don't have to agree with that. I mean, you, you can say, well, for me, it is right. And if it's right for you, praise God. And maybe for me or for uh, Duke, it's not right. And so we're just sharing how there are some things that are proven to not be healthy for the body. And yet it's in medicine. I think Jesus instruction, be wise as serpent, harmless as doves, you know, exactly. trust and verify, trust and verify what are the results. I'm blessed to have a Christian general practitioner, a doctor, uh, he's my go-to guy, and he has that wonderful balance between natural remedies and, and chemical remedies. Right. And uh, I'm, I'm blessed with him. He's a godly man. We pray together, and uh, he's. I, I just there's wonderful doctors out there. Oh, a- absolutely. We look at uh, the scriptures, and to finish up, because we see the leaves uh, in Ezekiel, uh, wine. First uh, Timothy five twenty three. No longer drink only wa- uh, water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities. Uh, he didn't tell him to get drunk. <laughs> he said uh, use a little wine uh, as medicine. So we see that. Also, uh, we see in Jeremiah eight twenty two that there are uh, salves, if you if you will. And then, so he says here, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Again, we're seeing very clearly uh, in the Old Testament that there are salves, if you will, and physicians. Is there no balm in Gilead? I think, there... I think God provided that. We asked the question, you know, should Christians go to doctors? I think God said, of course. Of course. Of course. It's no no brainer. He, he gave us medicine. He gave us physicians. Right. You just have to be careful of what the doctors prescribe. But he goes on, and this is I find interesting because um, he asked a question and then answers the question with another question. Mm-hmm. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no recovery for the health of the daughter of my people? And the answer to the question is, yeah, there's bomb there, and yes, there's doctors there, because the next question is, why is there no recovery then? Yeah, there's some bad health decisions being made. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about the different drugs that are being offered and the different things that they want to, that people are, uh, we live in a time where, where there people are taking more drugs than ever before and hooked on uh, prescription drugs is, is amazing to me. And when you see a patient that's taking six, eight, 10, 12, 15 different drugs, you can, you can just see their health deteriorate. And my yeah. mom was in that situation, a devout Christian woman, and she had things with her back and she had things with her bowels and she had things with this and th- with that. And there was a time when she's on about 16 different medications and she was getting worse and she was mm-hmm. spending a lot of money. And they were all fighting one another. Yeah. And then her husband just got so frustrated and he loved her and he just, uh, this was my stepfather. And he just said, Helen, uh, we're going to take you off everything but the blood pressure. And he did without the doctor's permission. Because there's like 10 different doctors giving all these these uh, scripts. And her health just turned around. And she got better and she felt better and her health was restored. So I'm not recommending get off all your meds. I'm not (laughs) saying that. I'm just saying that there was a balance that was off. And she got it balanced in her body. See, God made our bodies to repair themselves. Absolutely, yeah. If we're eating right, if we're getting exercise, if we're drinking and getting rest, and if we just live a healthy lifestyle, then I think we can uh, supplement a little bit with medications and not be dependent completely upon them. And I think that is uh, great wisdom. And so many people, I would say, but again, I am not a doctor, nor am I recommending this. But in my thought process, I would be like your stepdad and go, you know what? 
you got 17 pills going into your body to do things and they are they got to be fighting one another they have to be at some point there's got to be a war going on with the different pills so let's just do this Let's just wean ourselves off of the ones we have to wean ourselves off of. Let's stop cold turkey, the ones we can stop cold turkey on. What's most important right now? Blood pressure is most important. Okay, so we're going to hang in there with blood pressure, and then we're going to get rid of everything else, and we're going to see how we do. And understand that when you do that, there is a process and a time of, of your body trying to adjust. So don't go... Uh, well, I gave it up two days ago, and now I feel really bad. You might feel really bad till your body processes through it. You know, I think foundationally to all this is prayer. Uh, oh, so check this out. I have a verse for you. <laughs> you always do, John. <laughs> so when we look at James 4.2, he says, You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you... Don't ask. You don't ask. You didn't That's come to prayer. me in prayer. Yeah. We're going along. We're seeking the Lord. Things start. We don't feel so good. First thing we should do, Lord, give us wisdom. Lord, uh, show me. Are you ready? My ja- body's your temple. Guide me, Lord. James 5.13. Is anyone among you suffering? What's he tell him to do? Let him pray. Let him pray. James 5.13. Let him pray. We have to seek God's intervention, which takes me to... Mark 5, 25 through 30. This is a great passage to show that sometimes it's just God. There you go. And when it is, that, that's good too. It's amazing. So Mark 5, 25 through 30 says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. In other words, she had a menstrual cycle that never stopped. That's what I've heard scholars explain that. The, so I'll go I, with that. The menstrual cycle never stopped so she was able to she would be able to contain that and go out in public and go back home if you will so which she's actually doing in the text exactly so for me i can agree i I would agree with that i lean on that interpretation as well uh so a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians Many physicians. Many. She went around. Failure, uh, failure, 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 cost, cost, cost. To the point she went broke. Yep, she gave it all. She gave it all. And uh, she had spent, there, there you go, she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And what's really neat here, God's working backstage. She doesn't even know it yet. Right. This is, there's a reason why she's been through this. People are watching. Her neighbors have watched her suffer all this time. Her family members, this didn't work. They were so disappointed. It's just like she just suffered so long with no help, and now something's going to happen. All of a sudden, she goes to the true physician. Because scriptures say that Christ is the great physician. When, G, when she heard about Jesus, because at the time, Jesus was going through towns, through the crowds, and he was healing people. And so she hears about this. That's where we pick up in 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Really, really crucial to understand this because women that were having the menstrual cycle were considered unclean. unclean. And so for her to come through the crowd and touch Jesus or to touch his garment, she was violating the Jewish law. Uh, listen, I'm not saying women 
today that are on their menstrual cycle are unclean. What I'm saying is this was very specific to the Jews. Yeah, and it w- there were a lot of things that caused a piece person to be unclean. They touch a dead animal, you're unclean. Exactly. But it was just a, a preventative thing. Just a, it was a, a God consciousness that He worked in them yeah. constantly. The God consciousness, the bodily fluids. There's God conscious, unclean, right. unclean, unclean. <laughs> so it was a respect for God that caused them to practice this. But now she's desperate. She's desperate. She's desperate because she's went to every doctor. And there was not a physician around that could heal her. But here's the interesting thing. They all took her money. They did. There's some things in this world that just have never changed. <laughs> right? And then it goes in. She touches his garment. Verse 28. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. The first thing that we see here is her faith is about to make her well because it's the fact that she believes unconditionally that Jesus can heal her. She has heard the testimony of others and she could see the thrill in their heart to know it's for real. If he can can heal them, he can heal me. And she just booked right right for him, worked her way through the crowd. That wasn't an easy situation. It was no, because they were thronging him. She was persistent, you know, and, uh, but she wasn't going to take no for an answer. She's going to get there. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. It worked. And then verse 30, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? Now, I find it interesting because the question isn't that he didn't know. He's omniscient. He obviously he knew. He's just wanting them to accept responsibility because now she's got to go. Okay. It was was me. It was me. It was me. Right. And of course the, the disciples, they look at Jesus and they say, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And that goes back to what you said. This wasn't an easy task for this woman to get to Jesus. It took work and it had to be true faith for her to not give up. It was a a big crowd to fight through. It it was. Verse 32 says, and he, Jesus, looked around to see her who had done this thing. See, he asked a question, but he already knew the answer because now he looks her in the eye. And then the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And verse 34, I love this. Oh, yeah, baby. And he said to her, daughter, oh, there's a... A relationship mm-hmm. shift. Daughter, my child. Affection. Massive affection. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. You see, Johnny, you opened up another side of the story. We've talked originally about medicine mm-hmm. in Scripture. We talked about practicers uh, of medicine. Right doctors now we get into the topic of divine healing exactly which is is fantastic I guess well, because everything is involved not just divine uh, and don't forget your story but not well, not just divine first off we see a real physical body healing and then we go into the divine and I'm going to share this verse and then you share the divine Matthew 9:12 when Jesus heard that he said to them because the Pharisees were questioning him and why are you with sinners and Jesus says in verse 12 he said to them those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick and now he's talking the divine 
He's talking, uh, the physicians have their place, and sometimes God uses that, and then God sometimes is going to just do something rather spectacular. I love this story. You'll love it. I'm a new Christian, had these two brothers uh, get saved in our church, Tommy and Donnie McCleary. Tommy's with the Lord now. They're like my first two men, and they got on fire, and I love those guys. And they're the first, Tommy's the first one I ever baptized. And uh, their mother was dying. She had a serious heart situation. She was in her mid-70s, and she called for the elders of the church. Now, she had never been to our church, but she was so sick, she'd not really been able to go anywhere for a long time, and she was just at home dying. She went to the doctor. They said, we aren't even going to put you in the hospital. They sent her home, put her on hospice, and said, you're going to die. Just uh, get your family around you and say your prayers. Well, she not taking the doctor's word for it. <laughs> she called her sons that were newly saved. Now she had known the Lord all her, our life and pray for her sons, pray for her sons. And then some hippie preacher comes through town, connects with her sons. They both come to faith in Christ. They're gloriously saved. They're on fire. So they come to me and say, Pastor Duke, will you come and pray over uh, our mom and anoint her You know, from James 5 with oil and the fervent factual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So I'm like, I came from a Baptist tradition where we didn't really do that too much, or if we did, we'd look both ways, didn't tell anybody. <laughs> right. And so I was a little nervous. Like, uh, is this oil really going to work? I got these new, I got these new believers, right? They got the Bible in front of me, and they're showing me in James five. So I'm like, okay, just don't call the Baptist Bible Tribune and tell on me. So I went down to her house, <laughs> and it said, anoint her. You're going to, oh, this gets better, Johnny. So we get down there and she's, she's sitting in a chair. She's just so weak. They, they right. gave her like just days to live, but she loved Jesus. And she was so excited that, that her sons are saved. Right. She's so excited. This young pastor came and I was 24 years old. I look like I'm about 16 at the time. And it said, anoint her with oil. Well, I had the olive oil, got that right. But the word anoint, I thought it meant pour. It doesn't mean poor. It means rub, <laughs> rub, anoint. So God's looking down. He sees the Duke Meister, 24-year-old preacher kid, on fire for Jesus. So I brought a big old bottle of olive oil. Go big or go home, baby. So she's sitting there, and her sons are, they don't know it. They don't know any better anyway. They anoint. We're going to pour it on her. So we did. I poured a third of the bottle. We just poured it, just covered her with olive oil, just dripping all over. She's smiling. She was rejoicing in the Lord. We prayed over And you know what? God healed her. Amen. He healed her and she uh, started feeling a little bit better. And, and, and the next awesome. day she, she got up and walked around the house. And the next day she got up and walked around the yard. The next day she got up and walked around the block. The next day she got up and walked a half a mile. The next day she got up and walked a mile. And, and a week later, the doctor called because he hadn't heard from her. He said, what's up? And she goes, I've been feeling a lot better. I walked a mile yesterday. The doctor's like, no way. No way. Come see me. She did. The doctor ran uh, the EKG and did all the the Test. all the tests. He goes, I don't know what happened. You're fine. Yes, she goes, well, I know what olive oil. <laughs> she said, I know what. She said, I gave up on you doctors, and I turned to Doctor Jesus, and Amen. I'm all better. A month later, she went back to work and worked seven wow. more years. Worked seven more years. See, that goes back to James four two. You do not have because you do not ask. And the minute she said, go get. I need an anointing from the elders. That's biblical. Let's do it God's way rather than man's way. And, and I'm God, not saying that I have, that I'm a healer, that I can, if I pour oil, well, here's the thing. Head, you're in. I'm not Here, saying the, that. The, obe the, the healing comes from the obedience. It doesn't come from the, the person. You know, it, it, she had faith. Yep. 
And she turned to the well, Lord. Well, it says it's the faith of the one the one who has the faith, God answers the well, prayer. Well, let me tell you, her two newborn in the Lord's sons, their faith grew rapidly when they saw yeah. the miracle that God did in their mom. Yeah. Now, how can you ignore that? Because in verse uh, in James 5.13, it says, or thir- yeah, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. That's Which what they did. did. Yep. And let them pray over him, or in your case, dump a third of a bottle of oil. All three of us dumped a third. It was a whole bottle, baby. They're like, they're like, is this where it's at? Give it up, right? Four ounces per person, baby. <laughs> and it says, uh, uh, and let. <laughs> She was a she was a happy mess. That is so funny. I love it. Like I'm not laughing at it. I'm, that is, I love. It's that. a great story. It's great. It's wonderful. Listen, what God does with our ignorance, right? So he goes on and says, uh, "Let let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord." And then here's the key, guys. Verse 15 and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And, and of course, him is not the guy, it's the human. It's, it's, it's the neutral gender is yes. in the Greek is neutral gender. So uh, it, it'll raise the person up. I've had some stories through the years of, of divine healing and I'd like to share another with you. I was in Bolivia preaching in a church on a Sunday morning and they were gonna have a healing service. Uh, it's not a Pentecostal church. It's just, they don't have much medicine there. So I'm there and I'm, I'm an elder of the church there, you know, they're waiting. Pastor Duke's coming from New York. Like I'm some big shot. I'm, right. I'm nobody, man. I'm a dirt ball. Yeah, but you talk about when people was like, Hey, he's coming from New York, <laughs> New York, <laughs> from New York, you know, can they good think I'm out of New York? So I, I'm there right. in this church. There was um, just this one lady that came, they literally almost had to carry her to the altar. It was kind of at the, at the front end of the service. And, you know, Duke's here from New York, and the, the pastor and I, we anointed her, right, biblically. We right, right, right. And we prayed over her. As that was happening, I was overwhelmed. I had a moment in time that I'll never forget. I'm realizing that she doesn't have a physician that she's already been to. She hasn't had, the, the, she hasn't had x-rays. She's just got cancer. That's all she knows. She has cancer, and it just riddled her body. She's dying, but she has, there's, there's no hope in medicine. And even if, if it was a treatable cancer, there's no money. There's no physician. This is her physician. This is her second opinion. This is her first opinion. This is her medicine. This, this is, is her, her only hope. This is her chemo. This is her radiation. Right now, myself praying in English and the pastor praying in Spanish. In the name of Jesus, no hope anywhere. I, I was so humbled. I, I was almost ashamed. And I just begged Jesus, please heal her. Please heal her, Jesus. Please heal her. And I was crying. And you know what? He did. He answered. I see sometimes in these third world countries where they don't have some of the things we have, it's just like God loves those people so much. He just stepped up and he healed her. Yeah. I went back the following year and, and I saw her and she's in church and joy. You talk about love and love. Jesus. Oh my goodness. Right. Those she's who have church. been saved from much, uh, much is required. And I, I, I wish, you know, divine healing is just get them here, say the prayer, dump the oil on you all set. It's not always the way it is. God doesn't heal everybody. He didn't, he chose yeah. not to heal Paul. So he, he's a sovereign God, but he is an able God. He's a loving God. Also, let me say this. If you're going to pray for someone, be very specific when you pray. So uh, I had a friend of mine 
who had leukemia and he was dying. This was, uh, man, he was, oh my goodness. He was one of my biggest prayer warriors in church and, uh, dude, he loved me and I loved him and he was just here for anything that needed to be done. He ends up with cancer and I go to the hospital and I take all the elders of the church and I anoint him with oil and we pray over him. He ends up dying and my prayer was Lord heal him. Well, God answered my prayer. Uh, he took him to heaven and healed him. But then I thought about this and I went through all of it because I was, I was really kind of angry. Uh, I was, uh, I was upset with God, if you will. And I'm like, Lord, I did everything you said. And I believed, I believed, I believed, and I anointed him with oil and I brought the elders and, and he said, there was one problem. And the problem is, and it's in James, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders, not the elders calling for the sick. Exactly. And when you talked about our buddy Benny Hinn a little while ago, when you have these guys calling for the sick, that is not biblical. And I, I missed it. I mean, God knew my heart and he answered my prayer ultimately because he took him to heaven and healed him. But well, it wasn't but, an error. It was an error. It was a heart. desperation. Yeah, of, it was love. And yeah. so I don't think God was offended in that, but he healed him permanently, not right. just temporarily. But here's what I found interesting. And this is what you guys got to know. The scriptures doesn't say, let the elders call for the elders and go. The, the scriptures say, let the sick call for the elders. Their faith is this, involved. It's their faith. Is, um, anyway, I, I just want to share that. But, but here's what we're going to do, and, and we're going to close out with this. God does not promise that he will answer prayers the way we always want him to answer it. So in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, it says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so when we, when we look at that, we have to understand that God has a process, and God has his desire and his ways, and our ways aren't his ways. And so what we have to do is be willing to accept his ways. Here's the flip side to that is that we have to uh, know that God will do and everything will be done through the love of God and our best interest. Uh, the fact that God loves us and, and, and he'll do it for our best interest. He's sovereign. He's big. He's good. And he loves us. I have one final thought that boggles my mind. Jesus said in the gospel of John, guy had witnessed a, a miracle Jesus said, you think this is a big deal? The water was turning into wine. And he goes, yeah. And then Jesus said, you, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. Greater things than these you'll see. And I pondered that because I've not walked on water. I've not laid my hand on people and healed all manner of sick. I mean, we've seen a handful of wonderful miracles through yep. anointing with oil. We've seen that. But God said, Great, greater things than these you'll see. I think about those people that that lady that healed there that we just read about the issue of blood. Later she died. That child that he raised from the dead. Later that that child grew up and died. Lazarus was raised from the dead. Later he died. died. All those people that got healed ultimately died. So those healings were temporary. But you know the work that we do, John, as pastors in Grease Greenbush, Half Moon, New York, the work that we do, we go out and we tell people about Jesus, about the love of God. And yeah. that they're sinners, their sinners condemn them, they'll go to hell. And that's why we came here. That's why Jesus came. 
Jesus in us, not only he went to a cross, but he brings us to this town. And we tell people the gospel, and they hear the gospel, and they believe. They receive Christ. They're radically changed. They're saved, and that's not temporary. Right. When Jesus said greater things than these, you'll know, boy, what a, what a great privilege it is to be in ministry, isn't it? It really is because we get to see healing on every level. Man, that is a great that's point. The, that's the big one, the healing of our sins. Yeah, it is the healing of our sins to where we have permanent health. And that's a guarantee. Guaranteed a promise. When I pray over somebody, it's not a guarantee that they're right. going to be well, but we've done what God asks us to do. But when we when we call upon the name of the Lord, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's yeah, a guarantee. That's a guarantee. And that and that is permanent health. Here's the answer to the question. Should Christians go to the doctor? Yes. I have no problem with that. But also here's a flip to that is we know our bodies better than anyone. And so if you start taking a medicine and that medicine is making you worse, don't think you have to keep taking it because the doctor prescribed it. Go back because remember, they are practicing medicine. <laughs> so go back to, hey, look, I can't take this. I, I, I switched blood pressure medicines, and then, but I couldn't take it. Called him up like, look, dude, I can't, I can't do this. This was like doing more harm than good. We ended up switching like three different times until finally I found one that I could take and it was good. Go to the doctor, but you know your body. Stay aware, stay cognizant of what it's doing and how you feel. Make the adjustments you need to make because they don't know everything, just like like you and I don't know everything. But God does know everything, and I want to encourage you with this in Psalm one forty five eight and nine. God says, "Listen, everything I do, I'm going to do for you in love." And for your best interest, I've given you physicians because I love you. And, and listen, they can be for your best interest. They're going to heal a staph infection. They're going to heal. They're going to do surgery and and take cancer. And and so there's some good there. There's a lot of good there. And God says, I've given you all of this. But God, I want you to see God in all of his glory in this. Psalm 145, 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. So we trust God above anybody and anything. Why? Because God loves us. And it says that his tender mercies are in all of his works. He created the doctors just like he created the medicines. He created our bodies. And we see all through scripture that we have physicians. We also see that he's the great physician. Don't put your doctor above Jesus. And if you have a problem, you need to go to Jesus first and then your doctor second. Give the Lord an opportunity. Let him show himself mighty. And he will do such. And sometimes he'll use the doctor just so that you can share Jesus with the doctor because the doctor needs to know about eternal health. I've led roommates to the Lord when I was in the hospital. Right. I didn't want to be in the hospital, but it turned out to be the best part. Because, listen, God very well may make you sick so you could go to the hospital to win those people because that was the place. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it all is, works together for good, doesn't it? It all works together for good. God loves us. He loves you. And so should we see a doctor? Well, the answer is yes. Go see your doctor. There's nothing wrong with them. They're not evil by any stretch of the imagination unless it's they're not just a lack evil of faith. people. It's not a lack of faith. It has nothing to do with faith. It has everything to do with if I have a leak in the plumbing at my house, I'm calling a plumber. Absolutely. You call the one who's the professional in that line of work. Go see a doctor, get well, seek Jesus first, never put the doctor above him, and everything will be good. 
It's in his hands. It's in his hands. Thank you for joining According to John. I hope this has helped you. If it has, please like, share, subscribe, follow, and maybe someone else can benefit from it as well. So please share it with them. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.